When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to the Penn State Blitz. In the Penn State Blitz podcast, I'm Bob Flounders, joined by Greg Pickle. It is a pretty, pretty, pretty decent uh, Wednesday here in uh, the Harrisburg area. We got a lot of news to get to. We waited a little bit to do this for you guys. We wanted to hear from James Franklin. He had a press conference to kind of kick off their fall campaign. They're about a little bit more than three weeks away from opening at Indiana on a Saturday, not a Friday, Greg, a Saturday. Uh, Also, Greg and I had a chance to interact with defensive coordinator Brent Pry and also new offensive coordinator Kirk Shiraka. So we're going to build this around James, a little bit of James, a little bit of Brent Pry, a little bit of Kirk Shiraka, but Greg, there is only one thing that we can lead with. Maybe not a big surprise, given there was nothing brewing on this front for the last couple of weeks. But Greg, we got to talk about it's official. Micah Parsons has made his choice. He is going to stick to his get ready for the NFL draft plan for 2021. I can't say that I blame him. He is a unique talent that will go very high in the draft. But James Franklin kind of confirmed it. Uh, let's just talk about he's not going to be back. I don't know that a lot of fans are surprised by this. Greg, maybe some were because there were some guys, that really high-profile guys that opt out, especially at Ohio State, one at Minnesota, the receiver, and then they opted back in. So that should strengthen both the Golden Gophers and obviously the Buckeyes. But Penn State's going to play with the hand they, had, they were dealt back in August. No Micah Parsons. Let's get to you. I've been rambling a little bit. I hope you enjoyed your day so far. Your thoughts on what James had to say about Micah, and do you think he was ever serious about coming back? I actually think there were some serious conversations about him coming back, Bob. I think we know that Micah's a very competitive kid, and I'm sure it kills him knowing he's he's going to go from last January until next mm-hmm. September without playing a football game. But at the same time, and I hate to put it into this context, but you know, he watched, I'm sure, a guy who was a friend and the next teammate and Saquon Barkley go down with an injury that ended his season earlier this year with the New York Giants. And even if Micah wanted to come back, I have to think that once he saw that, I mean, it had to reinforce his decision of preparing for the next level. Let's not forget that one of the reasons he opted out was his son and his son's future. And let's not forget that COVID was a part of this and COVID hasn't gone anywhere. So when you put those three things together, it's really no surprise that Micah Parsons has elected to keep going and continue preparing for the 2021 NFL draft out in Los Angeles. I do believe James Franklin, when he said that there were legitimate conversations, Bob, you know, we see now just before we started recording Rashad Bateman, the star Minnesota receiver, he's coming back. Rondell Moore's coming back. Wyatt Davis and Sean Wade are back at Ohio State. So I think that did give Penn State fans some hope that maybe Micah would reconsider too, but it was always the longest of long shots and uh, it's not going to happen for Penn State this year. Yeah, and uh, what I would say about all the guys you mentioned is I think a lot of those guys are 
I think maybe all of those guys are, are in the first round conversation in 2021. But, you know, at the top of the list in the Big Ten, there's really, there's really two guys, right? It's Micah Parsons. As far as how high will he go, I think he'd go in the top five. And, Greg, the Buckeyes keep another guy that if he really wanted to in Justin Fields could have said, hey, I'm going to prepare for the draft. But I think Justin has a little bit more to prove to play quarterback if they're going to take him that high. Uh, but the Buckeyes kind of hit the lottery, Greg, with getting those kind of talents to stay home and get ready for the season. They are going to be awfully tough to beat. Um, and we'll talk about that later. But let's just talk about what does this mean for Penn State? Um, neither one of us is shocked. It would have been neat to see him on this defense because his defense is still talented, Greg. But you know, as we look at the Penn State linebacker room, I think I think both of us expect Brent Pry to lean on experienced guys. To re- now they're replacing three starters, not only Micah, but uh, Cam Brown, Jan Johnson. So Jesse Lucada and I think Ellis Brooks are going to be at least at the start and probably for the whole year. Brent Pry is awfully excited about them. Two guys they're going to lean on in the three linebacker set. The question, though, Greg, is they got to play a third linebacker. They have two very blue, blue, blue chippers kind of waiting in their wings. They've been biding their time, second-year players. What do you think the Penn State linebacker group's going to look like without Micah? And which one of those, I won't mention their names, because I don't want to lead you down the wrong path. Which one of these guys do you think is going to get uh, the green light maybe to play with Lucada and Ellis Brooks? Yeah, I'll be shocked if it's not Brandon Smith. He saw more uh, time last yeah. year, obviously, Dixon redshirted. So it will stun me if right. it's not Lucetta, Brooks, Smith to start against Indiana. The question will just become, Bob, when they go to that two-linebacker look and Brent Pry loves to go to it, who is the guy that comes off the field? I mean, presumably it's Brooks, but uh, maybe it's Lucetta. We'll have to wait and see. Maybe they bring somebody else in to come in with Brandon Smith on third down or shore passing downs. It's a yeah. – going to be interesting to see how Brent Pry handles this. I know they're high on Curtis Jacobs, Jacobs, the January enrollee, a four-star linebacker. How quickly can he get ready to play in the Big Ten? We'll see. But I guess the positive news is they have options there. I mean, Charlie Catcher, Brent Pry raved about him during the radio show a couple weeks ago. He's now moved inside and they're going to have options, but which options will be the best at what points in the game? That's what Brent Pry is going to have to figure out. He's obviously been a coordinator for a long time, a veteran of this Penn State staff, has a good feel for things. I think if you're a Lions fan, you have to be confident that he will make the right choice. But I think it's going to be a little bit of a feeling out process early. We, I think all feel pretty good about the three starters, who they're going to be. But who's the next man in will be the question that a lot of people want answered. Yeah, and I talk, when I talked to Brent Pry, I asked him specifically about Brandon Smith. And he doesn't he, – he really – I think he knows that Smith, once he gets more reps, Greg, is going to be as good as advertised. He was a five-star recruit in the 2019 class. Had it not been for Micah Parsons and two other veterans, I think Brandon Smith would have played a lot as a true freshman. He said – uh, Brent Price said, I, I believe Brandon's listed at 237 on the roster, and I know that weight could kind of fluctuate. He said he's much closer to 245, 250. I agree with you. He's going to be he's going to be a handful this year. Brent Price said he's going to be a problem. He's working him as both weak side and strong side uh, backer, but he's going to play the field side, I think, uh, when he's in the game. And he also said some good things about Lance Dixon, the red shirt freshman. What I'm most curious about with Lance is. You know, back in the spring, they listed him at 6'2", I think a shade over 220 pounds. So I think you and I had thought, well, 
He put on the weight to play pure linebacker. He's still maintaining his speed. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he does when he when he can he carry that weight. He's listed now at 210 again, and I'm just wondering, is that weight going to be accurate for him in the fall? The other question I have is, is he maybe more – Brent said he's clearly our fastest linebacker. Is he, is he going to be, like you had said, is he going to be a, a better version of Koa Farmer in that star position, that 4-2-5, where you have two linebackers on the field, but that fifth defensive back also could be – a tweener where he could, he's, he's fast enough maybe to, to excel in coverage, but he can also force against the run. And I'm wondering if maybe that might be where Lance Dixon makes an impact this year. Maybe not necessarily as a quote-unquote linebacker, but as the star guy who's actually the hybrid defensive back uh, linebacker. And I think that Lance Dixon would be – I think Cole Farmer was a good player at Penn State, but I think Lance Dixon could be even a better version of that star. We'll see what they do with Lance Dixon and if he's ready to go for the Indiana game. Uh, but Greg, we're already halfway through this Penn State blitz. It feels like it's, it's, it's flown by to me. So the audience that's listening in, what can they do to rate us, review us? Where can they find us? What can they do to see us as early as possible? I think it's, they have to subscribe. That's right, Bob. The Penn Live Penn State Blitz podcast is on Apple, Spotify, Google. You find us there every Wednesday, Thursday, depending on how Penn State's availability schedule works out. Bob, I have good news to announce. Okay. Starting with the 2020 Big Ten football season, we're going to go to three podcasts a week. I'm listening. I'm getting closer just to like make sure I can hear this correctly. Go yeah, ahead. That's, that's right. We're going to go to three podcasts a week. You and Dave will do two. You and me will do one. Dave Jones is going to be part of this now? Believe it or not, he is. <laughs> So I guess that's a good thing. I miss the guy, so I'm anxious to talk to him. Thank God for Zoom. Yes, so if you're watching the video version still, youtube.com slash State. I don't think we'll have any video there of this week's uh, media availability, but we're going to try and work on that for the weeks to come. And uh, let's move on, Bob. Let's see what happens next in this Blitz rundown. Yeah, how about th- I'm going to throw this wild card idea at the viewers and the listeners. You know, let's just say it, Greg. We're still kind of tinkering with this new uh, podcast idea. It's going to be three times. Dave Jones, who's always interesting. I think the fan base knows that. Win, lose, or draw. He's an interesting guy. He's going to be a bigger part of this. We're looking to name it. We're, we're looking to give it a name. What? What? Maybe, maybe some of the listeners or the audience has some ideas. Hopefully, they're not R-rated. But we're. I think we're open to suggestions. We're. I know you and I are, are, are tinkering with some names for it. I don't necessarily know that it's going to be Penn State something. It could be something involved the Lions. It could be something in, involving blue and white. But uh, maybe we can get a couple of uh, que- uh, some responses as, as far as what we can name this new guy and give it a name befitting the presence of Dave Jones. Uh, so I'm just going to throw that out there. Let's, let's move along. I feel like I've talked way too much. I'm going to get you some uh, some quality time here. Let's talk about what you learned from Kirk Shiraka, their first-year offensive coordinator, breaking in a new offense, installing a new offense. Will it look like Minnesota's? Is it going to be a lot to do with what Penn State did last year? A lot of it will probably depend on personnel. Greg, what, do you, what, did, you, what did you learn? Anything you take away from what uh, Kirk had to say? Maybe not so much about the offense, but where some of the players are with about three weeks left before the opener. Yeah, I'll get to that in a second, but I was just looking at my notes here, and there's one thing that jumped off the page. It's that he's, he was asked to talk about what kind of offense he's running running, and that kind of stuff. 
And he said, we want to be known as a group that strikes first and strikes fast, which sounds a little bit cliche. Also sounds like something that I think the fans out there will like to hear from their first year offensive coordinator, yeah. especially because his Minnesota Gophers knew how to strike first and strike fast and strike repeatedly for that matter. So I thought another interesting thing was he was talking about the receivers, Bob. We know this is a group that has a little bit light on experience. It has a first-year position coach in Taylor Stubblefield. He said the biggest difference that he saw between the first time he watched these guys run routes and now is that they have a better plan from getting from point A to point B. Again, it's cliche, but you know what? When you watched Penn State's issues last year uh, with the receivers, yeah. besides the drops, a lot of it was they sometimes they were in the wrong place or they weren't where they were supposed to be when they were supposed to be, or there were two guys in the same area. Mm-hmm. And if you look at Kirk Sharaka's offense and those receivers out at Minnesota, mm-hmm. what is you it's this offense won't work if that's the case. So if he's saying that now, he must feel pretty good that the efficiency factor for the receivers is going to be on the uptick. That's obviously one way to, for this offense to move forward, Bob. He also mentioned Sean Clifford. He's very happy with the progress he's shown. It's going to be about seeing is believing, though, for a lot of Penn State fans. But, you know, Sean was banged up last year, but the accuracy issues and the footwork yeah. are two things that he himself have pointed to as areas for improvement. If Penn State gets a more accurate Sean Clifford, who gets more help from his receivers with a veteran offensive line and all American tight end and one of the better running back stables yeah. in the country, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but this offense has the chance to, I think, surprise people. And I know that we all say that even without Micah Brent prize defense is going to be very, very good. And think we all right. expect that, but there's questions about this offense and there's concerns about this offense. And if the words become reality on game day, starting with Indiana, yeah. This Penn State team might be a little bit more uh, prolific on offense than maybe some thought it would be uh, back in the spring. Yeah, and, you know, after Indiana, Ohio State comes into Beaver Stadium the second week of the season. Uh, no fans. I don't know what time the game's going to be. It's going to be a Saturday game. But, yeah. you know, Ohio State is, is about as deep a, t- a Big Ten team, I think, that we've seen the last few years, maybe maybe the 2015 Ohio State team, which was probably better than the national championship 2014 team in terms of pure talent, uh, is, is somebody you could compare to this team. But, I, Greg, you make a valid point. This offense is going to have to score, I think, a lot of points to beat Penn State or to beat Ohio State or stay in the game with Ohio State. You know, that 28-17 win uh, by Ohio State last year, they had they left a lot of points out on the field. I think I think Penn State knows that they're going to have to score in the 30s. I think to have a shot against Ohio State. Hopefully, Kirk Sharaka and a more experienced Sean Clifford paired with all that talent on the offensive line and a tight end and uh, some young receivers uh, step up. Maybe this team is capable of doing that. I think it's going to be fascinating to watch. I love the fact that that game is early in the year. I think it'll give the loser a chance to kind of bounce back. You've already seen, Greg, a couple of heavyweights have already lost, uh, embarrassingly so, in the college football slate. So uh, I think that if this game's a good game in week two, we could see a couple teams from the Big Ten in the conversation. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's talk a little bit about some more about this, this Penn State defense, Greg. I talked to Brent Pry, who has obviously great things to say about Micah Parsons. He also talked glowingly about Dixon uh, and Brandon Smith, but he's also the linebackers coach. So of course he knows those guys well. He also had a couple interesting things to say about Penn State's pass rush 
and also the evolution of Lamont Wade. Uh, Greg, let me just throw this to you. How, how big would you say Lamont Wade's impact on the defense after the year he had last year? Uh, very active against the run. He had a big game against Ohio State. What do you expect from Lamont Wade uh, in his final season at Penn State? What is the next step for Lamont Wade? Brent Pry really likes where Lamont is not, a, not only physically but mentally. He thinks he's a true team leader, and he thinks he's definitely going to be better this year. Well, so I think the big thing with Lamont Wade is it's not it's not quite as simple as the defense goes as he goes, but he yeah. is the emotional guy out there, the yeah. one that guys rally around. And when things are going well for him, they tend to be going well for the defense. To me, the next step for him will be they need somebody to be that game changer, that guy that can go get the football, make an interception or jar a ball loose, make a play on third down, be it a, a bat away or an interception. They don't got to be pick sixes, but to flip the field. Yeah. Maybe that's the year he grows into that guy. He had some sh flashes of being that guy last year. Maybe this is the year he comes full circle. He was such a highly rated kid out of high school. I think that if Brent Price high on him, you know, again, when you go into camp and Penn State puts the pads on as we're recording yeah. this on September 30, Everyone's happy about everything. Optimism is through the roof. And so you got to keep that in mind. But if Wade or Jaquan Brisker or Marquise Wilson or Keaton Ellis or some, you know, somebody else can become the guy, Tariq Castro Fields, who really can change the game in the secondary, that changes a lot about what Penn State's biggest weakness is on defense. And we can talk about the fact that Sometimes the pass rush put the secondary in a bad place, and you're not wrong for thinking that. But they need that one guy back there who, when there's a ball that is, uh, you can make a play on, not just knock it down, not just tip it, not just watch the guy catch it in front of you or behind you, but to actually intercept it and change a game and change the flow of the way things are going. So if they're high on Lamont Wade and he's able to fulfill that promise and that, that, that uh, expectation that so many had for him at high school, look out. Because that's going to be another layer of this Penn State defense that wasn't there before. Okay, one final thing to get to with Brent Pry. He was asked a question about, uh, you know, the Penn State pass rush, given the fact that a, a lot of guys that were a part of that pass rush last year or maybe getting pressure on the quarterback, Etor Gross Matos, Michael Parsons, Robert Windsor inside was a little bit disruptive. At least he was against Iowa. You know, he, he – Brent said, you know what, I like to brag about our pass rush because every year we've shown we get 40 or more sacks. You know, the, the, the proof is in the statistics. My question to you, Greg, is who are the guys that have to step up for Penn State to be another 40-plus sack team? Obviously, Shaka Tony is back. He was an all-Big Ten choice second year. Second team, I think, by the coaches. He's going to be one of the leaders of the pass rush, but with no Micah, I don't know if any of the linebackers can get after the quarterback. How does Penn State get to 40 or more sacks? Who are the guys you're watching? Yeah, I mean, let's just skip the obvious and say that Shaka Tony's got to be in for a big year. He came back for a reason, Bob. And I think yeah. that obviously many people are going to be expecting him to kind of take more of that gross matos role. But look, um, we've talked about it on the Blitz before. Jason always a guy who's getting first-round draft yeah. buzz, even though he really has not played a ton of college football. And so at this point, in my mind, he has to that, that potential has to be realized, and it has to be realized right away. And there were times last year where he looked darn good, and the athleticism is there, and the twitch is there, and the ability to get off the ball is there. But to me, him and Adisa Isaac are the next two guys after uh, Shaka Tony who – 
if Penn State's going to hit that big sack mark that it has in years past, they're going to have to be terrific. They're going to have to translate their speed into plays behind the line of scrimmage. And if they do, with John Scott Jr. leading the way as a first-year position coach, again, um, it's another question answered to the positive. So um, I also say that, you know, it's one thing to do it against a team like, I don't, not maybe not so much Indiana, but Maryland. And it's another thing to do it against the, the Ohio States of the world. So mm-hmm. that'll be something that'll be watched closely as well. Yeah, I'm just going to say this right now. I think Shaka Tony has a chance. I'm not saying he definitely will. He has a chance to lead the Big Ten in sacks. Greg, I, he had, I think, eight. I want to say he had eight sacks last year. I just remember he was in the backfield a lot, and he just missed, I swear, another seven or eight sacks. If he can, if he can finish some more sack chances, I think he can be a really good year. Also, don't forget about P.J. Mustafer inside. I think he's right. a guy that can get – four or five sacks just because he's pretty quick and powerful inside as an inside rusher. But yeah, 40 is a big number. Uh, They have the talent to get to 40, but they're going to need some help from some players that haven't done it yet. And they're probably going to need somebody in the linebacker group to become an effective blitzer who can get maybe a handful of sacks as well. And and teams are going to have to worry about that, that guy on the blitz, but we'll see. That's the beauty of the next chapter life without Micah is Franklin's recruited well. They have some good players they really like. The question is, who's going to step up this year? Who's going to just start slow? Who's going to be good in the second half? Uh, is Jason Oway going to live up to all that potential? Is Adisa Isaac maybe even better than Jason Oway? We just don't know yet. It's, I just think there's a lot of fascinating storylines. We're only about three weeks away, Greg. We're going to have more podcasts moving forward. we got to come up with a new name for the podcast. we got to get Dave Jones ready for these Zoom calls. I don't know if he's going to be ready for the heat we're going to bring. It's going to be a real fun, I think, October. Uh, hopefully, Penn State will, uh, will start the season well against Indiana. And I think we're going to have a lot more info to get to in the coming weeks with more availabilities. We're going to get a chance to talk to some players um, after, unfortunately, after we finish this and we'll get some more information about potential breakouts and who's looking good. So I just think it's going to be a, after a very slow, uh, spring and summer for the Penn state fan base. I think the fall, I think there's going to be a lot of neat information that comes out hopefully, uh, in the coming weeks. So thanks for, uh, joining Greg and I, and we will be back next week. And in the coming weeks, we'll be back on multiple days. You can't beat it.